Hi, my name is Jana Metzger. Welcome to the Gospel House. Our mission here at the Gospel House is to show the world that the gospel of Jesus Christ is enough. That in the gospel, we can find all of our deepest needs met as the entire church responds to and applies the implications of the gospel. We would love to show it with you. Check out our website, www.thegospel.house, where you can learn more about us, find out how to connect with us, ask questions, see when and where our next meeting is, and give to help advance the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Um, Merry Christmas to everybody. Uh, I know this is a little unconventional. This wasn't how we were planning it, but uh, thank you to everyone for joining us online. Uh, Tonight we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. Uh, But it's so much more than just his birth that we're celebrating. This is not just a birthday party for a great man. See, there's this undeniable connection between Christmas and Easter. If there is no Easter, if Jesus Christ doesn't rise from the dead, then Christmas is just the celebration of some random guy's birthday. It would be like us celebrating April 15th. All of the days leading up to April 15th, doing a countdown to April 15th. Now, most of us know April 15th is tax day, so nobody's celebrating that. But did you know that April 15th is also Leonardo da Vinci's birthday? Leonardo da Vinci was a smart man. He was a great intellect. He was an inventor of of things that contributed to the welfare of mankind and human history. But I don't think there is anyone who would argue that we should be celebrating his birthday like we do Christmas. We celebrate Christmas because Jesus Christ did something that no one in the history of mankind has ever accomplished. Jesus' tomb is still empty. And he has offered to us the same future. So because of Easter, we have Christmas. But at the same time, if there is no Christmas, there can't be any Easter, can there? And so we're stuck with the proverbial, which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Which is more important? Is it Christmas or is it Easter? So it's not the birth of Jesus that we celebrate on Christmas. What we celebrate on Christmas is the motivation behind the birth of Jesus. That's what makes Christmas so special. In Christmas, God says, I care enough for you to come down. Christmas goes beyond the birth of a baby boy because the motivation behind that birth was that God couldn't stand being separated from us any longer. On Christmas, God came down and Jesus gave up his royal heavenly throne, and was born in a humble manger. There's a passage of scripture that is often referenced during this Christmas season. It comes from Isaiah 9. We'll read verses 2 and 6. But it says this, The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. For a child will be born to us. A son will be given to us. And the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. 
all Bible scholars will tell you that this is one of the major Old Testament messianic prophecies. A prophecy specifically about what the Messiah would be like, what Jesus would do, who he was born to be. But the question we have to ask, if we're paying attention here, the government will rest on his shoulders. But what kind of government is this that God is trying to establish? Clearly, in America, we think that this is a constitutional republic, right? With capitalism and the right of every citizen to vote for the Messiah that they so choose. But that's not how God wants to set up this government. In fact, the Hebrew here isn't actually referencing any kind of government. It just means rule or authority or sovereignty. So all rule, all authority, all sovereignty will rest on Jesus' shoulders. So we have to ask, how did Jesus rule? How does Jesus rule? That's what our December sermon series has been all about. What kind of king rules the way that Jesus ruled? What kind of king lives the way that Jesus lived? And on Christmas, what kind of king came the way that Jesus came? And the answer is none. There is no one who has done this like Jesus has. So the government, the rule, the authority of Jesus will also look completely different. And if we claim to follow Jesus, our lives should reflect that difference. So how do we live in God's kingdom? How does Christmas change our daily life? And it does so in three, or through three steps that we take. This is how Jesus did it, and so it's how we must do it. First, Jesus gave up his throne. So we must give up our thrones. Jesus embraced the manger. So we must embrace the manger. And in the end, Jesus again received back the throne that he gave up. So we too can receive a throne. So let's break this down. First, in order to come down, we can't forget what Jesus had to give up. He gave up his heavenly throne. He gave up aspects of his divine nature. He gave up his glory. He gave up his throne. Jesus Christ gave up everything for you and for me. So can I ask, why are we so hesitant to give up anything for him? If we truly want to follow Jesus, we must be willing to lay down everything and follow him and it's not just that jesus gave all of this up the second point is that jesus embraced the manger he embraced being born in a stable when there was no room for him in the inn these things didn't happen by chance this was god's perfect plan for his son and just like we've talked about throughout this entire sermon series Jesus didn't just embrace the manger and the stable in the Christmas story. This was the humility that characterized his entire life. Seeing Jesus on a daily basis, no one would have guessed that this man, this Jesus, was a king, let alone the king of the entire universe. He wasn't a king who lived in palaces, who lived a life of comfort and ease. He was born in a stable and lived a life constantly on the move, homeless throughout his entire earthly ministry. 
He wasn't a king who wielded a scepter of authority, who ruled with an iron fist. He constantly put others' needs ahead of his own and served those whom he was sent to save. He wasn't a king who chased after a crown, a king obsessed with power and prestige. Instead, he embraced a life of shame and suffering for our sake, wearing a crown of thorns as his greatest crowning achievement in this life. Worldly kings and leaders chase power. They chase influence and worldly success, prestige, recognition, and fame. But Jesus wore humility like a cloak. He breathed obedience to his Father. He lived a life filled with selflessness, glorifying God in everything he did and lifting up those around him everywhere he went. And because Jesus embraced this lifestyle, because he gave up his throne and embraced a life of a humble manger, we now know that he has been granted a throne. Jesus Christ has ascended to receive the throne at the right hand of the Father. Jesus' story doesn't end after Christmas. It doesn't end after the manger. Jesus' story doesn't end after Easter. It doesn't end after the cross and the empty tomb. And neither does ours. Jesus is calling you today. Give up your ambition. Give up your power. Give up your influence and your prestige. And embrace His humility. Embrace His obedience. Embrace His selflessness. Embrace the way He glorified His Father in everything that He did. The promise of God is that if we are willing to give up our way and live all of life His way, He will grant us the glory that He won for us. This is Christmas. What kind of king gives up his throne, comes down to live a life at the bottom of the social ladder among those creatures that he created, lives a life full of suffering and shame, and is ultimately crucified by those he came to save? All so that he could give his glory to those sinners who nailed him to a cross. You can search the globe a thousand times over, and I promise you, Jesus Christ is the only king who can ever make that claim. But we can't live in his kingdom our way. It makes sense, doesn't it? We can't live in God's kingdom man's way. We have to do life Jesus' way, the same way he did it. And he has so lovingly given us unlimited access to the Holy Spirit. He will do it in you. We just need to surrender all of life to him. Tonight we're going to take communion together. So if you're joining us online, if you have grape juice, uh, really any kind of juice, God knows your heart. We're not doing this to be disrespectful toward the, to the Lord's Supper um, but you make do with what you've got. So we have grape juice here at the Metzger household. Uh, you also want to find some sort of cracker, if you have like a saltine or an oyster cracker, 
It's best if you use something that is unleavened, um, doesn't have leaven in it. If you don't know if it has leaven in it, ask God for forgiveness, uh, and he will forgive you. But we want to take communion together tonight. And as we take communion together, we want to remember. Communion is all about remembering. And we want to remember all of the reasons that this child was born. Yes, Jesus is the reason for the season. The cheesy Christmas saying is very true. But what was the reason for Jesus? Why did he come? And the answer is, so that your God, your Lord, your Savior, the creator of all of the universe, could be united with you forever. The God of the universe loves you that much. There is no price that he would not pay to be with you forever. So let's go to the Lord's table and celebrate communion and remember how truly incredible this gospel of ours is. And it indeed is our good news to share to all who believe. Do we have crackers? Shanna was in charge of getting the crackers, so we're getting the crackers. Okay, so if you have your bread to represent the body of Jesus Christ, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread, and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Church, take the bread and remember all that Christ has given for you. Our crackers have been in the pantry for a little while. <laughs> After this, he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Church, drink the cup, and remember why we truly celebrate Christmas. Jesus Christ came into this world to invite you into his Father's kingdom forever. Thank you for listening to the Gospel House podcast. We pray that you were pointed to Jesus and will apply what you learned to look more like him each and every day. If you found today's message impactful, do us a favor and hit the follow button. Leave us a rating and write up a review to help others find our podcast. You can also help us by sharing the podcast so that together we can show the world that the gospel of Jesus Christ is enough. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Head to our website, www.thegospel.house connect. Fill out the form and someone from our Gospel House family will connect with you. God bless you and remember, the gospel of Jesus Christ is always enough.